0: welcome and hope uh, and trust god's just moving and stirring some stuff just gonna really we've got things coming up you really know what they are so listen. amen father we just thank you for your goodness and and kindness to us and we just ask you to receive this gift and offering and use it for your kingdom and, and your purpose in jesus name amen
1: I hope you can hear me. Good evening. For the people who don't know me, um, I'm Jeff. Um, Thank you. It's not an AA meeting or anything, but um, I haven't been here for a fair while uh, due to illness, but I got saved in this church 19 plus years ago, um, and this is my only church. So um, it's great to be back, and it's great to be able to to share the word uh, tonight. Um, tonight we're going to share out a uh, Mark 6, but before we do, let's just, p- let's just pray. Okay, thanks, Scotty. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word that is um, as bold as it is today as when it was written, Lord, that it applies to us as much in our lives today as it did 2,000 years ago. Lord, let us open it up and reveal it to our hearts and our souls that we may see the love that you have for us and the guidance you have for us in each step that we take so we find ourselves with you. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, in Mark 6, I'm going to jump through a few things quickly because we've only got about 15 or 20 minutes up the front tonight. So first up, Mark 6 starts off with a great story. um, um, Jesus heads off and goes into um, his hometown, and no one wants to know him. They literally want to get rid of him. So this is where Mark 6 starts. Jesus is is basically kicked out. Before he even starts anything, he does a few miracles here and there, but basically nothing else happens. See you later, get out of here. You're only a carpenter, and how dare you come to our place and bring such downtrodden stuff onto our, our lives. Then it quickly jumps to the next one, which is in verse 7 which goes to that he calls his 12, his 12 disciples, and he says, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to send you out, two by two. I'm going to send you out in pairs. You're going to be able to go out. Is that me because I'm walking or... No, just ignore it. Okay. Okay. You know, God has a sense of humour. I've got to say this because one of the reasons I haven't been here for so long is this left ear has been deaf from shingles. And I can't stand loud noises. And stuff is happening and, you know, this noise tonight isn't helping but God's saying, just keep going because it's going to happen. God is in this tonight, you know. So in verse 7, he calls the 12 in and he says, you know, I'm going to send you out to do some preaching, to share the word and to set the unclean free. He gives them some rules about entering into... If you enter into a house, into a town, that's where you'll stay the whole time you're there. But if somebody doesn't accept you, you you're to shake off the sands out of your, the, the dirt off your, your shoes, and you are, they are their trouble's coming. Okay? You don't have to deal with it. God's got it covered, and you don't want to be in their place. So that's the rules laid. And then the very next thing happens is John the Baptist loses his head. Yep. We're heading through Mark really quickly here. Um, And all this is for another day. Um, But I really want to get on to the next part of the story. You know, it's interesting that they go in this order. You know, Jesus goes home. He's kicked out. He sends his 12 out. John the Baptist, who prepares the way, loses his head. Then the disciples come back. And we have to do all this to just get you into the picture... Because verse 31 where, I, yep, 30 where I want to start with today, it says, then the disciples gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both they, what they had done and what they had taught. So if you don't know what happened beforehand, you won't know why they gathered. So I just have to put that bit of a picture in. So the 12 have come back and they've come back to see Jesus and they want to tell him all that they've done, all that they've, well, they've been out there Seen all these people who have been unclean, been saved by Christ through the Holy Spirit. All these things that are, they've taught, that they've seen Jesus te- teach, they've taught, and a macro, uh, amazing miracles have happened, and they want to share this with him. And then Jesus says to them, "Come aside by yourselves to a, a, de- a deserted place and rest a while." So now Jesus is calling the twelve. And he goes, look, let's not talk here. You know, it's too noisy. You've got a huge story. You've got a huge amount of information, a huge amount of stuff that is joyful in your hearts. Because you know when you start working for the Lord and when you start doing the things that he's called you to do, teaching, going out there and sharing, driving out unclean uh, spirits, you get a joy in your heart. No matter what's going on in your life, you'll get a joy in your heart. And he wants to take him away and spend some time with him. That's verse 31. So, what happens next? Well, first up, I want you to just remember two points out of this one. Done and taught. That's the first point. Done, you've done something, and you've taught something. What have you done this week for the Christ, and what have you taught this week for Christ? Because they all gather together with joy. If you've done something and taught something then you can gather with joy. Yeah? This is what, this, I, this is what I'm reading here, because they gathered together and they wanted to tell what they'd done and what they'd taught. Now you might say, Jeff, I'm not a preacher, I don't, don't have the gift to, to preach. You know, a simple word like, I love you. You can see a young person suddenly realise that it doesn't matter if their mum or dad have left them, that they are loved. That is teaching them something. That is opening up their hearts to see Christ in the full gamut of what God is. That gamut of love that he's got. So what happens then is they get onto this boat and they, they start to head off. Well, hang on, I'll go back a little bit. Sorry, I've jumped my... Out of practice, I'm sorry. Verse 31 also says the reason why they have to leave is, and why they're leaving is because they haven't eaten anything and there's too much noise around them. So Christ says, come and rest. So come with me and rest. So another point too is about, you know, when you've, you're doing something for Christ, you've got to remember you've got to, you've got to come to him, listen, and also rest in him. Because if you don't do those, you get exhausted very quickly. So if you come to come to Christ through the Spirit and you're listening to him, you can hear the things that he needs you to do next and you can rest for the things that you've got to go and do. You've got to have those. You've got to have them in your life. You can't just keep going at 100 miles an hour. Scotty cannot keep going at 100 miles an hour as senior pastor. If he doesn't come and sit at Christ's feet and rest, he's going to be no good in six months. I'll give him 12 months because he's an amazing man of God. But sooner or later, he'll start to wonder where God is because he'll start asking God, where are you? And he won't be hearing it because he's not used to sitting at his feet. So Christ says to him, come, come to this desolate place and let's rest a while. Then the scripture goes on. (coughs) They jump in this boat, the 12 of them, and they take off for the other side of the lake. But as they're heading off to the other side of the lake, they see these people running from all the cities, and they know where they're going to land. I'll say that again. These disciples, the twelve, are in a boat. They're going to come and rest, and suddenly they look up and they go, "Oh no! Is all these people going to meet us there?" By the way, there was about 5,000 men, so there was quite a few running at this point. Okay? So they get to this point. The disciples get to the edge where the, lake hits, the, the boat hits the edge of the lake on the, the shore. And the one thing Christ sees is all these uh, sheep without a shepherd. All the disciples see is no time with Christ. Big difference there. The, um, they, they thought they um, deserved because they went out and did what they had to do. They did it under the, the word of God. Did what they had to do under what Christ wanted them to do. They, they taught. They, they did everything they were supposed to do. But where was their time of Christ? ripped away from them by these people who just wanted to hang out with Christ. These people he called sheep with no shepherd. It goes on in the, uh, the scripture um, where Christ gathers them and he sees the need and he starts to teach them. The 5,000, he teaches them all day. And then by the end of the day, um, we can still tell the disciples are not happy because um, Christ says, let's feed them. And they go, no, send them off, had enough of them. We can't afford them. Send them into the local towns or the cities. We can't afford them. Send them off. And Christ does a miracle. Um, But I don't really want to go into the miracle. That's for another day. But I really want to focus on the boat trip. There's a few points beforehand that we've got to get to, which we've covered, but the boat trip. Often we're with Christ, but we think we're going... We need more, or we're expecting more of what, what we should get. For example, they hung out with Christ the whole time over the lake by themselves, but they didn't see it as enough. A good example of this, I think, is when we head off to a youth camp or a camp of some sort, you know, oh, we're going off to camp, we are going to hang out with God. Yeah? We go for three days and hang out with God, but we forget about the other 362 days that we're in the boat with Christ, but we're not really listening. We think we can hang out with Him for the three days and get the most out of God that we can ever get, but we forget about the rest of the week, of the rest of the year. And that's exactly what the disciples did. And this is what I want to want you to really have a look at in your own lives tonight, in, in all of our lives, is so often we forget that even just that fraction of a time that we get to spend with Christ is enough to last us eternity, let alone a boat trip. You know, you guys are often reaching out and saying, okay, you know, I want more. Christ is always wanting to give you more, and he will always find time to give you more. But you don't have to be on a special trip or a special night. He'll meet you wherever you are, wherever that boat is, Just on a normal Sunday morning, Sunday night, he will come and meet you during worship. You know, I have the same problem at uh, youth at uh, school where I'm a chaplain. You know, the phones underneath go like this when their you know, worship starts up because you know, for some reason we don't want to sing and you know we'd rather message our person who's sitting two chairs up from us to say, oh gee, that was a lousy song or something. I don't know what they're saying, but oh, what are we going to have for lunch? But, you know, they missed the point that worship isn't about singing songs. It's about being in the boat. Being in the boat and hanging out with Christ by yourself for that short period of time can be all the difference for your week. I really want to encourage you guys to think about where your boat is, when you're in that boat, when you're hanging out with God, when you hang out with the Holy Spirit, don't look for the big, amazing fireworks. Take it from me, they don't always happen. It's the little things. It's the real little things. I, I've been looking at this scripture, you don't want to know how long. It's, you know, it sounds like I've struggled with it, but the Lord's had me look at this off and on for nearly 12 months now. And I keep going, why? I'm, I'm, I've been praying, and I think this is the last time I have to look at it, for a while because I thought the Lord really wanted me to do it my first message back. Why? It's because of the boat. He wants you to be in the boat and know that he's in there with you. He wants you to know that he's in there with your life no matter where you're on the, the boats, the bus, the train, at school, the classroom, in your parents' car. Christ is in there right now. Enjoy him. Worship him in that Grab hold of him, even with the person around you who doesn't know Christ. He's right there with you. That's the boat. Grab hold of him. Be there. For some reason, if you feel like, hey, Jeff, don't, I, I've jumped out of the boat for a while. It's been difficult. I, I've been struggling. I just don't hear God. Number one thing I hear from every kid at school at least once a year, how do you hear from God? I don't hear from him. Can you Read your Bible. No, why do I have to read my Bible? Ah, first place of listening to what God's going to say for you. you know. Do you take time to s- just sit? No. Sit in the boat. Sit in the boat. Take time out. Sit where you need to sit. Sit with the people who you need to sit with. Sometimes we isolate ourselves because we don't want to be infectious. Because if we get infectious, we need to actually have to do something. You know, if, if we suddenly infect the person next to us and they say, what have you got and I want it? That means we've got to start running a, a home group or a cell group. Yeah, a bit hard, isn't it? No, don't want to do that? Okay. Because that means you've got to do something else, like um, actually maybe you have to start doing a bit better with what you say or do. But, you know, the main thing you've got to remember is the boat is wherever you are. And Christ is in the boat wherever you are. You don't have to make an amazing um, camp somewhere. You don't have to go to a, a, a U Butte conference. Mind you, you have to go to camps because they're amazing anyway. But I'm saying that God is everywhere you need to be. He is in every situation. You know, If you're at work and you're stuck in one of those little cubicles and you're just working there, and no one else around you. That's your boat. Bring more people in. Let them know what Christ has done. Bring them through. You've got to know what you've done and what you've taught, because you get glad- you get joy out of that. That's the first thing. Get joy. Know what you've done this week. Know that it hasn't been just a job. It hasn't been, oh, because I put my hand up to be a Christian, I have to do this. No, make it a joy. What have you done this week? And what have you taught? Even in your actions, what have you taught? Make it a joyful thing. So that when you come to the Lord, you can say, did you see that? Did you see what happened then? Did you see how, Lord, you just stepped in and took over from me. And oh, my best friend, who I've been praying for for so long. Just let give you. A, we do one plus one plus one at school every couple of years, and it stands for you pray for one person for one minute at one p.m. every day, okay? And that person you can be praying for healing, mm-hmm. salvation, whatever. Now I go to a Christian school and you think, you don't have to worry, Jeff, but over 80% of the people who go there are not what you would call Christians. They may go to church occasionally. A couple of kids go to youth on a, you know, maybe once a month. But there's only about 20% go regularly and fully into Christ. You know, every time we run that program and the kids start praying, you get to see what's done and taught because the joy comes. Because suddenly you get these people. And I'll just give you one example. One young lady who suffered with depression almost four years that I've known her at school. Walks in and goes, I'm in. Gives a life to the Lord. Somebody was praying for her. One of her classmates was praying for her. She goes, I'm in. She's full on for Christ. She even ran for school captain stood up the front of 500 people and delivered a speech that she wouldn't even been able to speak to two people before because she's now got the joy. Done and taught. Very easy. You just have to pray. Come and rest, point two. Remember, you just, you've got to come to the feet of the cross. You've got to come to where Christ is You've got to rest in him so that you can be renewed for the next thing that he's got for you, the next job he's got for you. Whatever it might be. It might be your family. It might be a friend. It might be, I don't know, the pastor who's sitting in the front row. We all need someone. We all need someone to come <coughs> and be beside us. And remember, there's a whole lot of... Sh- Excuse me. There's an awful lot of sheep out there with no shepherd. You want to waste time in a boat saying, well, where was my time? Or do you jump out of the boat and go, where's the 5,000 I've got to feed? I'm done. I think I did just on time for you. All right. I'm just going to leave it open for you if you need any prayer for anything or whatever Scott's, Scotty's got. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, one thing I did notice tonight. Can I ask you your name? Yes. yes. You wrote something down earlier on, just after Scotty brought a word. Oh. Mm-hmm. Was that just for you or for someone else as well? Just for you? You sure? Okay, I'll just leave that with you because I. Just thought maybe it was for someone else here as well. So just pray about that, okay? Okay. Thank you. Um, I said, oh, that's right. Right through this whole worship tonight, the breath of Christ was really predominant in there. Breathe, breath. Our ex senior pastor. You just call him still senior pastor or ex-senior pastor. Pastor Bruce, founding pastor. Bruce used to always talk about um, fire, and all-consuming fire has to have three things. You've got to have the knowledge or the, 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 the fuel, which is scripture. You've got to have the heat, which is the Holy Spirit. But also you've got to have this all-consuming wind that comes through you to set that fire ablaze that it cannot be put out. I don't know if you've mentioned that. You have? Okay. I did? Okay. That just came to me tonight. But honestly, there's, for some people in here tonight, you know, the Spirit just wants to breathe even more into you tonight. You know, because every time you take a breath, you have to choose to take a breath, and Christ has to be in that breath. If he's not in that breath... You're meeting him face to face. So why not make that breath full of what Christ wants it for? Filled up, ready to go. Do what he wants you to do. Worship team, come on down. You're up. So
0: just as the worship team comes and um, let's just spend a little bit of time in worship and I guess if that's something that you're after, why don't you position yourself so that yeah, you're talking to God and asking for Him just to speak into you and to, to breathe into you his, his presence and His anointing. You know, sharing this morning about Jesus at one point had a bunch of, bunch of mums and dads coming to Him with their, with their children and bringing them to Him so He could lay hands on them and bless them and just let His presence and anointing just, just go into them. And so if that's something you just like tonight... Um, why don't you let someone pray with you and just identify that, maybe grab someone beside you or make your way to the front, something like that, but yeah, let's just worship and